0: Welcome to uh, a yet unnamed podcast. We are finishing up 100 plus. Uh, there's 20 to go. The topics, as I have been complaining about, the topics get increasingly complicated and they're going to take me longer to, to uh, work on. I'm just not going to make an every uh, every week kind of deal. And so we're moving into expanding these discussions into other things that I want uh, to talk about, it's not appropriate to preach about some of these. Um, so, looking for different venues, and this podcast is going to set that up. So, today, uh, I am going to be interviewing Andy Duran. Andy is uh, a member of Christ Church, he and his wife Lisa. They have a couple, a couple daughters, and um, he is the executive director of Lead. And three years ago, just before Illinois this was September of 2019, just before Illinois. Became the tenth state to legalize recreational marijuana. Uh, I gave a sermon on whether or not it was appropriate uh, for for Christians to smoke marijuana, and I said, "Look, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not coming at this from a medical point of view. I'm not coming at this from a uh, uh, a legal point of view or political point of view. I'm not. I, I, I'm a pastor. That's not my lane." I'm going to talk in this sermon about how we make complicated uh, ethical decisions. I also was very clear at the time, uh, I want to be clear now, uh, I'm talking about recreational marijuana use, not medical marijuana use. I I see opportunities for medical marijuana and I don't want to, uh, I I think it's a poorly regulated (laughs) industry. I think we got a long way to go before it's a a legitimate uh, kind of drug like you would get you know, at the pharmacy. Uh, I just don't think we're, we're, we're there yet. And I also said, and would say again, I don't want to be a jerk here. We've all got problems. We've all got issues. We've all got sin and addictions and other things. D- drugs are not my problem. Uh, so I don't want to sound like a self-righteous jerk any more than I um, perhaps <laughs> always do. Anyway, all that to say, I then, uh, in the sermon, um, I said, um, "Look, we we have to think about um, we have to think about marijuana. It's becoming an issue in Illinois, and so um, there's all kinds of responses that people have had to uh, marijuana. From the one hand, you I mean, you got the rough, uh, uh wow, Rastafarians, hard word for me to say all of a sudden. The Rastafarians who not only say marijuana would be fine, they they would say it has a It's a good thing. There's a sacramental, a religious use for marijuana. So you've got people at that end, and then you've got people at the other end that say there's absolutely no use uh, ever for medical marijuana. And then between that, you've got these different camps that say, well, it's there, we can use it, God gave it to us, and well, maybe it's an okay thing. We ought to to be slow to go forward. I I put myself in this camp that said, um, there's a there's an approach to this that seems to have similar kinds of, uh, issues as does alcohol. So in Ephesians five, we're told that we're not, uh, we're not to be drunk and, uh, that, that that's dissipation, that that's sort of, um, that that's pouring out our life force in some bad directions. And so, um, so I then said, okay, look, um, how do we think about these things? And uh, I said, I'm, I'm not gonna keep you in suspense. I'm, I'm in this camp that says, I'm very skeptical uh, of, of, of recreational marijuana use. And I'm gonna choose not to head down that path. And anybody that asks me, I'm saying, I think it's a bad idea. Um, I think it's a bad idea because I do think that uh, it does lead to the, the dissipation of life. It's, secondly, I said, it's just not the example that I want to set for my, uh, my, my children, uh, my kids, uh, my friends. Third, um, I said that uh, to the extent possible, um, I want to avoid all addictions. <laughs> and I just think that this tends to lead, whether or not marijuana is a gateway drug, um, uh, it's increasingly, I think, becoming less of one. Uh, because the THC levels are becoming so much higher. It's becoming its own thing. Uh, I just said, um, uh, I, I don't want any more addictions. I feel the need to keep safeguards on my life and not head down those paths. Uh, I, I don't find the arguments for recreational marijuana use to be very strong. Um, and uh, I just think that it, it's a bad It's a bad plan. So uh, there's other things that could be and should be said about marijuana and all of those things that I didn't cover in the sermon. But then what we did after the sermon is we said, look, um, we're going to have some experts talk about this from a little bit different vantage point. And Andy was one of them. We also had uh, a psychiatrist, a child psychiatrist on, and we had a a woman who was a school superintendent talking about it from that vantage point. So Andy made some comments then, and it's now been three years, and I want to bring bring him back on. So I did bring him on to this and asked him, okay, you said these things were going to happen. Did they happen? Where are we at? And where is this headed? So um, I think it's a, it's a helpful interview. I think it's helpful for um, everybody, parents, young people, uh, to hear what's going on. Uh, marijuana is a complicated compound, and so... Uh, we just don't have nearly as much data as we would like and or as I think people think we have uh, in terms of the long-term effects of marijuana. But Andy is a great resource for our community and a great resource for this podcast. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Welcome to um, a discussion today with Andy Duran about where uh, the state of things is at as it relates to marijuana and the legalization of marijuana. This is the first podcast we're doing in this kind of new format. Uh, We have been rolling through the 100-plus, and um, over the course of the next few months, we're going to be supplementing that as we sort of transition into a a different uh, set of conversation topics. Andy uh, has been the Executive Director of LEAD, which is linking efforts against drugs, he's been doing that for 10 years, and during that time the organization has expanded dramatically uh, with his leadership. They now have staff in five states and uh, several countries. Uh, He has a master's degree in social work, uh, has been involved in doing work um, with developmentally disabled uh, children and adults, and also um, has worked with uh, peace-building initiatives, but has been leading uh, lead Leading lead, I guess that's that's a thing, right? That's been, a
1: thing. Been doing
0: that for about 10 years. Yeah. So uh, Andy, welcome. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. It's always great yeah. to be with you, Mike. Well,
0: so for let's just explain lead. So I I had to I had to go back to my notes, linking efforts <laughs> against drugs. You got it. I think of it that way, but I it's a think tank, it's an organ. Yeah, I mean, you you've got this text to tip that is now uh, available for up to 10 million people as That's it relates right. to if you see somebody in crisis, mm-hmm. if you see someone else in, or you're in crisis as That's it relates right. to drugs and addiction, yeah. you can reach out and ask for help. That's right. What exactly are you doing? Yeah.
1: Well, we worked a few times. So we started uh, years ago before I was here as a, as a community-based drug prevention organization, really seeking to just help parents to raise drug-free teens, and um, and it's morphed a number of times. You know, when I came in ten years ago, I expected to be at lead three years max, and just just contribute to you know the community I was living in. And what I realized is that we had a lot of young people struggling in a lot of different ways, and we had a, a pretty big job to do. So we are a drug prevention organization. You know, we, we do prevention education, work in schools across the country, hundreds of schools a year. Um, but more than that, we we also create some tech solutions. We have a 24-7 crisis text line. You mentioned Text Tip, uh, where we have licensed counselors on staff. Um, we also go into communities and help them drill down on understanding the root causes of their issues so they can respond accordingly. So and I,
0: I know that I, I have attended your briefing. On an annual basis, it sort of is a deeper dive into a particular area as it relates to alcohol and drugs and right. what, what's happening. So that is that a is that an annual thing? Am I thinking yeah, of that so correctly? Yeah,
1: so we do the biennial uh, <clears throat> surveys to just try to figure out how we're doing. Uh, so we pair all of our quantitative and qualitative data sources together just to tell a story about our community. And what I will say over time here locally, you know, we've significantly reduced adolescent drug use, which is great. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of great partners for that. And our goal is that we can help other communities to do the same.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but let's back up. So three years ago, Illinois was looking to be, I think, the 10th state that was going to legalize recreational marijuana. So, uh, and I know there's a difference between legalizing and decriminalizing. And there's a space that, that is... Medical marijuana, as opposed to recreational marijuana, so this is all very confusing, and I, I, I'm not sure I've completely got it down. But Illinois was taking a big step mm-hmm. forward, and I, I actually on a Sunday morning preached a message on on how to think about this, and I said, like, I'm not, I'm not going to go into the lane of talking about the science or the laws or the politics or any of that. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm gonna stay in my lane. How do you make complicated ethical decisions. But then that night, you were there, we had a panel discussion, community conversation around this. And in addition to you, there was a psychiatrist, a child psychiatrist, and then there was also, uh, I think, a school superintendent or principal. So at that time, what I am remembering is that uh, you said look, uh, this is a bad plan. <laughs> what <laughs> Illinois is going to do is bad. Uh, this is, this is not something we should be excited about. You were particularly concerned about THC levels and how it's, you know, this is not, not the marijuana that, uh, not your parents' marijuana, that, uh, the hallucinogenic psychotropic effects were much more deleterious than people are thinking. Secondly, that uh, it's particularly bad as it relates to kids, adolescents. The adolescent brain is developing. we we don't know what We don't know what drugs in a developing brain is going to do long term. And third, uh, the the promised uh, money in the coffers to the state is not going to be what everybody thinks it's going to be, and it's not going to go to education or whatever. So it's now three years later, and uh, another. Ten states, I think, have now legalized marijuana. It's still confusing on a federal level, but um, but I I'm looking to hear you say where you got it right and where you got it wrong. Yeah, sure. So yeah. let's let's take these one yeah. at a time. So uh, talk for a little bit about THC because there's a way to have the med- am, am I right? Mm-hmm. There's a way to have the medicinal benefits of marijuana. Without having the hallucinogenic side effects, which of course, for some people, it's not the side effect, it's It's, the main effect, it's the desired effect. But uh, what's happening? Talk about THC and what's happening as it relates to
1: today. You bet. Well, you, you got a lot of that right on. Where if we take a step back and we look at what is marijuana, it's really made up of two primary components CBD and THC. THC is the psychoactive component. So um, we've had a variety of different CBD products, mostly hemp derived, you know, for years. um, But with the legalization of marijuana, um, you know, it it did commercialize essentially, you know, products that could contain THC. And and where this is significantly um, concerning and has been concerning, as we talked about three years ago, is the level of concentration of that THC. So if you look back, you know, I, I think I referenced and you just referenced, you know, it's not your mother's marijuana. Um, this is not the marijuana. Now it might
0: be your mother's marijuana because
1: <laughs> now it might be when, right. Right.
0: When I went down to visit my mom, her friends were all, one of her friends was like, you've got, you've got to take the CBD oil. you got to, you know, I've got to, I've got gummies, I've got oil. I, I mean, it could be your mother's marijuana, but it's not the, it's not the marijuana your mom was smoking in
1: high school. That's that's a good delineate. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good clarifier there. Um, <clears throat> correct. So, you know, when we look back to decades ago and we, we stick to Woodstock, for an example, you know, that organically in the plant, you know, you you had 20 to 30 percent you know, maybe, no, I'm sorry, two to 3%, maybe THC, very, very small amounts of THC. And over the years, or, you know, that plant was genetically modified and it, it became stronger and stronger in THC. Well, now with the way that the technology has caught up, we can have THC levels up to 90% and higher in our local dispensaries. And, So why that's significantly concerning is that while we have decades worth of research on marijuana, we don't have decades worth of research on marijuana at that levels of concentration. Um, so the argument is we actually don't know long-term what that means. Uh, Canada, um, you know, did put a THC cap of, I believe 25 or maybe 30%. Um, not a single state in our country has, has done that. And nobody really wants to do it because they tax the higher THC concentrations at a higher rate. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, as we said three years ago, concerned about the THC rates. Well, not surprisingly, we see people um, you know getting addicted faster. We see more kids um, uh, you know onboarding to it. You know, as you mentioned, that the desired effect is the THC um, and the the you know the high, the psychoactive you know things that come with that. Um, so, and we have not seen anywhere uh, reduce that thC uh, compact. It, it, so it's compound. So, you know, we go into the dispensaries, and I, I've done that many times uh, just to see what what the experience is like, and uh, you see you know things that are that are labeled with very high concentrations. and we won't know for maybe ten years what that actually means for people
0: so so talk for a second for those who have never smoked marijuana what what exactly is the experience what what is it that people are after yeah
1: and uh in full transparency i have also never smoked marijuana but i certainly worked with enough people who have and do um and it's it's, uh, you know, like any other kind of effect from a from a drug, it's it's a euphoric feeling. So, um, you know, the, the you get high and that's that's the term typically used with marijuana. And it's a you know, I imagine it's similar to being buzzed from alcohol, but significantly stronger, um, relaxed, you know, takes away temporarily takes away anxiety um so you know some people will will use cannabis as a way to cope with whatever they might be feeling negatively and that it can help with that in the short term um can make it worse in the long term but it can help with it in the short term uh and others may just be seeking a high you know just like some people might right. seek to be drunk
0: and and the but the CBD part of this yes. when 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 we're seeing marijuana prescribed or used by people who especially like cancer patients that are fighting nausea and other things the the effect or the experience of low THC CBD is what?
1: Well, it's it's hard because there's so many different formulations. You know, if, if you could get from a, the, the product in the medical dispensary is the same as the product in the adult use recreational dispensary. So it's not like, you know, if I'm holding up my cup of water and your cup of water, I can say this is medical marijuana and this is recreational marijuana it's still just water, right? It's, it's the same product. Um, so you can get it for a medical purpose. If you have a certified medical condition and, uh, get whatever product you want, you just pay less taxes on it. Um, and the recreational side, I can get almost anything that the medical side can get. It's not like it's a special medical version and you can choose, you can get CBD only, you can get THC only, or you can get a combination, you know, people will say, for example, one-to-one. So if there's there's a product that's one-to-one CBD to THC, you'll get some effects of the THC, but the CBD mitigates how you know um, significant those effects can be. Um, okay. So some people will seek a higher concentration of THC and some will seek a more mitigated. Um, so
0: conversion. if you were to look 10, 20 years into the future on the medical side of this, yeah. like Pfizer or Lilly or Mm -hmm. Abbott is coming out with with a pill. Mm -hmm. You're imagining that that's going to be CBD purely or it's going to be. So
1: that actually already exists. Um, There are there's a there's a couple um, drugs on the market. Uh, One is called um, Marinol, for example, which is a synthetic THC that is supposed to give one the effects of THC from a medical perspective. And uh, without the uh, without getting high from it spe- you know specifically. So, so it's formulated in a way that THC will you know, the, the body will benefit from the, the THC to take care of whatever symptoms it's being used for. You oftentimes see it prescribed for advanced level cancer patients. let um, it's called marinol. It's rolled out you know, through a typical drug process, okay. the FDA roll out through a pharmacy prescribed by a doctor. That's not what happens for medical marijuana. Um, Medical marijuana is uh, not approved by the FDA, not rolled out through a pharmacy, not prescribed by a doctor. A doctor just certifies that you have a medical condition that's written into the bill. So um, so there are already and there's already and there's some other ones under under study as well. I'm a big supporter of, you know, um, more research and supporting things that might take the medical effects of that and bringing it down. The problem we see with with now is that um, the, the THC being used from a medical perspective might have some clinical efficacy in the short term but at those levels of THC, they're just, you know, most medical professionals will say you're, it's a slippery slope.
0: Okay, so are, are, is that part of what we're seeing is that it's a slippery slope and the people that are at, that are fine with a 5% THC today want 10% next month and 20 and we're see- and mm-hmm. and that, that that is accelerating and you're mm-hmm. seeing, so the, the addiction issues for kids and for adults, Right. This is playing out.
1: And that's how substance use disorder works. So, you know, if you think about how addiction actually works, you know, as you begin to use anything, not just marijuana, but even alcohol, even I mean, we, we become tolerant on substances. We can take too much Advil or too much antibiotic and get tolerant on it and resistant to it. Right. So like right. somebody who might have started with a five percent THC um, could have uh, very well gotten high from that for a series of weeks or months and eventually they stopped getting high from it. And it pushes you to more, right? So then it goes to ten percent, then it goes to twenty percent, and then and then you're getting into levels that that p- can become dangerous where we don't have have research. And it, it's not dissimilar to how opioids work. You know, if somebody is prescribed an opioid for post surgery or for some sort of pain, and they begin to use that, their body gets dependent on it and to- uh, you know tolerant, and then they move to something else. Not, not, yeah,
0: not not dissimilar to sin generally. I'll say. Yeah, there you uh, go. It, right. sure. Addictions take more and more and give less and less until pretty soon they're taking everything and giving you nothing. You're not even getting yeah. the upside. You're just,
1: you're, you're not just getting depended. the upside. Exactly. Yes. Right. Then you, then you're just using it just to get back to normal, like where you started. Right.
0: right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so in the last three years, do we have, I I sort of get the feeling that we don't have great studies yet.
1: No. Part of that is the, the effect of the COVID pandemic. I mean, if, It was legalized, you know, January 1st, 2020 was when the first when it officially became legal in Illinois. And, you know, just two three months later, we were all on lockdown. Right. Um, So there are not a lot of great studies. We do have studies on youth use and exposure. We do have some some cost studies that have been done, which we can talk about. We do have some um, studies on, you know, the effects of driving and drug driving, car accidents, things like that. But we don't have any long-term studies uh, on, on the health impacts because it just hasn't been long enough yet.
0: Okay, so so let's talk about the studies that we do have. Yeah. Because I see the paper and I see uh, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's worse than we thought. And then I read the next article and it says it's great, it's better than we thought, we're, it's, we're not having the problems, yes, you're selling more uh, – Snack food, and uh, but the but the projected revenue to the state coffers is bigger than we were hoping for. So, do we see uh, a spike in the number of kids in the ER because of overdoses? Do we see yes. a spike in traffic accidents because people are operating a vehicle under marijuana? I mean, what what is what can we honestly sort of discern is happening?
1: All the above um, have been happening. And and here's the thing I'll say about the sources is you can go on the internet and find any answer you want, right? For any, for any subject you want, really. Uh, so we look at sources. Oh, and, you and,
0: sound like a cynic. <laughs> I
1: mean, so we'll we'll go, this is what we actually talk about with kids in school sometimes as we're talking, as we're doing drug education, you know, we'll, we'll say, look at your sources. If it's a government source and a government study and a health type of organization, I tend to believe that if it's if it's you know a guy over here with a blog who sells marijuana, it's probably worth right. questioning, right? Um, and there are frankly a lot of lobbying organizations who uh, who lobby for marijuana who um, put a lot of stuff out there that's not factual. But let's look at a couple of things we do know. Number one, um, more youth are using now than there were. So um, you know we we look at the national survey for drug use and health, which is put out by SAMHSA. It's something we look at every year. Um, and what we see is that there's been a 6.7% increase, um, uh, in the past five years for youth using marijuana. Um, when we take that a step further, while, uh, in, in some States we have seen a decline, for example, Illinois, less kids are using marijuana now than there were, uh, three and four years ago. Really? That's a really good thing, but.
0: What, okay. But what are so, they using instead? Is well, that the issue?
1: That's sort of the issue, but it's also that we have a really good prevention network that's been working for years. Okay, here. good. So, well,
0: thank- hey, good for LEAD.
1: Good for LEAD and good for other, you know, partnering organizations. And I think here's the thing about that is, like, we'll go into a meeting and we'll say, and, and, you know, somebody will say, look, you know, this community in northern Illinois has seen a reduction in in marijuana use. It must be because it was legalized. And I'll want to be like, that's not your victory. That's ours. We've been doing this for 10, you know, 10 or right. more years. So. What we do then is we take that data and we look at it more carefully. We put all the states that have legalized into one cohort, all the states that haven't in another cohort. And what I find really interesting is that of the the 15 of the 17 states with the top, with the most amount of youth use, have all legalized marijuana. And Illinois is in that range. The 11 states with the fewest, the lowest youth use across the country, zero of them have legalized. So there's at least some correlation there where, right. you know, while yes, we may see a reduction over time. We also haven't seen the impact of legalization yet. It's only been two and a half years, you know, so um, but prevention does work. I I do want to say that, you know, the work that we do at LEAD, the work that our partners do here in Illinois and across the country will yield results, but it gets harder and harder to yield those results.
0: So so let me ask, I, I mean, I part of what I remember hearing about Marijuana is that it's a gateway drug. It's it, so now I, I'm I'm picking up that you're saying, yeah, it's it's a little bit more serious than that because the again the the hallucinogenic effects are more significant. We're it's purer, it's more of a real hardcore drug than it had been. So so you're but is it is it a gateway drug? I mean, when you said that the percent is going down, that led, led me to say, okay, well that's but are people just drinking more or they're they're actually sort of you're this is a win. I mean, I want to give you a win. If, if th- yeah. there's a win, I want to celebrate well, the win.
1: Well, the good news he- about here is that we've seen drinking rates decline and tobacco rates decline and that rates for opioid use decline. What I will say, though, is we've seen marijuana rates decline less significantly than they have three or four years ago. Still declining, but this decline is less significant and significantly less significant than the decline in alcohol and opioids. So when we look at all the work we do cross substance, poly substance, you know, we've made, we meaning not just lead, but our community and all the, all the partners that have been engaged have made significant strides in, in, you know, having lines and charts go in the right direction. Right. Um, so is it that more young people are turning to something else? At least in our local community, I don't believe so. I believe that more young people are choosing to live a drug-free life, which is okay. great. So in, in fact, when we go into schools and talk, we don't talk about any particular substance unless there's specific questions about that. We actually just talk about decision-making choices, values, things like that, which can lead to better, you know, can lead to, to good choices being made. Um, so do I think that that decline is sustainable 10 years from now? Probably not given the way the industry is going. I think we're gonna see a significant spike. And then like we saw for tobacco decades ago, we'll see it come down again after we've learned things that we are now forecasting are gonna happen. So um, it's it's really hard to say, this is not a perfect science. You know, We do look at a lot of data, but I will say that the good news is that here we have less and less kids using any substance, which is great. Um, however, uh, we are concerned about where that where that trend is going, because I mean, frankly, the exposure to it is greater than ever. The, the, so,
0: so the yeah. kids that are using or is your focus specifically on
1: kids? Um, mostly, mostly teens, uh, mostly kids and teens. Uh, we do a little bit of work with young adults and adults, too, but mostly kids and teens.
0: OK, so so kids that are using are they using legal marijuana and they're paying the tax or is the is the illegal market? Every bit as strong as before.
1: So the black markets, uh, legalization has caused an increase in the black market in every state. Um, And it's not surprising when you think about the way that marijuana is taxed. uh, Right. It becomes too expensive, right? So so the black market becomes even greater. In fact, you know, we do some work with the DEA, and the DEA has told us for years that the number one champions for legalization are the cartels, because they know what's going to happen is people will go in who have never tried marijuana before, will go in to purchase (laughs) it. get hooked or, or even right. not even hooked, but, but enjoy the experience, then decide they can't afford it and want to get the same product or similar product for cheaper. So the black market enhances,
0: you know, I, I 20 years ago I met the guy and I met a guy who was involved in developing Joe camel mm. as a, um, you know, as a spokesman for camel cigarettes back then. And the 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 rap against Joe Camel was that Joe Camel was clearly targeting teens, which mm-hmm. of course it was illegal to smoke cigarette to sell to teens at the time, and they said no, that's not true. You know, I mean that was their public statement. Mm-hmm. But sure. he he had sort of had a, a change of heart in his uh, profession. He says, oh, absolutely, we were trying to to sell, to, trying to appeal to teens. Who who is a Camel? I mean, look at the character, right? I mean, yep. he was clearly targeting teens, but. He said, because they were moving towards, you know, making cigarettes, you know, the, he said, look, the the harder the warnings from the government, the better for us. Like, it's just like, you know, it just makes it it makes it more of a dangerous mm-hmm. kind of, you know, look at me uh, kind of appeal. So right. it's interesting to hear that the cartels are saying, yeah, make it illegal.
1: Yeah. You know, what's interesting about Joe Camel is that I remember. When I was a kid and teen, my favorite magazine was Sports Illustrated for Kids. And they had those little, I don't know if you remember, but they had like cut-out sports cards that you could get in the yeah. front of the magazine. So just
0: for the record, I think we're on the other side of this age divide. So there was no Sports Illustrated okay, for so Kids when I okay. was growing up. I don't right. know if
1: it still exists, but it was when I was growing up. On the other side of the sports cards was almost always a Joe Camel June yeah. ad. So clearly targeting kids. Right. Luckily now, the tobacco industry can't do that. But we're seeing... The, the marijuana industry replicate many of those marketing tactics while they can still get away with it, unfortunately.
0: So how big of a concern is it? I mean, so part of the reason that I would buy legal marijuana is that I, I'm, I've got some hope that it's what it's advertised, right? That, I, that there's some seal of good housekeeping or that this has got this THC level in it. It's not, you know paint thinner or whatever else somebody's going to mix it with how risky is buying illegal marijuana?
1: Well, it's definitely, it's definitely risky, especially in the Chicago area. I mean, so I will say we're not a big fan of saying something is safer than something else when we're talking with young people. Um, I think young people is probably not your, your primary audience for the podcast, but I will say, yeah, marijuana that's bought in a retail dispensary an adult use dispensary is, is, less risky than getting it on the street, right? Because, you know, on the street. But it's still
0: not FDA approved. It's still, it's still not, not gone through Abbott. You know, yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah. yeah okay. so,
1: so, you know, in fact, THC concentrations are a best guess in most cases. And there's been studies on that where they've taken a product that says it has 20 percent THC and it has significantly more than that or less than that. <clears> or, so it, it, you, you probably know you're not going to get, you know, paint thinner, rat poison, fentanyl, which is good. Right. But It doesn't mean that it's gone through, especially the cooked products, it's gone through a, you know, typical FDA approval and, you know, making sure that those are all done well. So there's some there's some general health concerns with that in general.
0: So. So it, it just seems to me that marijuana is a little bit of a of a. I mean, you're sort of rolling the dice because. The whole compound is so complicated chemically and you sort of. And that's part of the reason why we don't have great studies is because one plant is different than the next plant.
1: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, if you think about the way it it activates on the brain, it's, it's, you know, cannabis is called cannabis because it, it, um, binds to the cannabinoid receptors and the endocannabinoid system through the skin. That's why topicals work or through the organs or, you know, so it can be ingested a number of different ways because there's, you know, endocannabinoid system is across our, across many parts of our body. Um, and the thing about, marijuana that I think makes it appealing is that you get that high and euphoric feeling. There tends to be less side effect from withdrawal, at least early on than, than some other substances, and um, people don't overdose and die from it, right? So it's a different drug in that it's not impacting the central nervous system like an opioid does where it can suppress your breathing and heart rate you know, you, people won't overdose and die on marijuana. Um, now, there are some cases that have started to be developed with uh, really high levels of THC, how it has caused, you know, poisoning, like increased uh, poison calls and hospital emissions for marijuana-based poisoning have increased since legalization. So that's one contributing factor. But I do think that uh, th- there tends to be less riskiness. And the question is, is it really less risky or is it just more normalized so it feels less risky?
0: So so my my uh, my take from a distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know going back to uh, high school reunions and uh, I'm I'm often surprised at how I'm not surprised. Like <laughs> everybody I see, I go, oh yeah, that's that makes. I mean, most people you go, yep, you became a doctor. Okay, that makes sense. You became <laughs> sure. you yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You smoked a lot of dope and you're still smoking a lot of dope and you're pretty you've lost a step or five or six. Yeah. I mean, is that the longer term effect of marijuana? Certainly
1: one of them. And, it, and yeah, and we see some something similar for alcohol. And actually, as you mentioned that, I did not go to my 10-year high school reunion, but I talked to a number of friends who did. And it, the interesting story, it's a sad story, but is is a guy sitting, one of our classmates sitting by himself at the bar at one of the after parties yep. from the reunion. Um, and it was the same guy that would be sitting at, by himself at a party or a bar in high school. And when you're in high school, I feel like as a, as a young person, I do a ton of work with high schoolers. So you feel like that's kind of seems like a cool thing to do. That guy sitting at the bar as, you know, a 28, almost 30 year old, that wasn't, that didn't seem cool at that point. Right. Right. So what's cool changes. And I think we try to help young people see that, which, which does help. Um, but, but interestingly, with tobacco, tobacco seems uncool. Drinking is, is with many groups of students, less and less cool than it maybe was five or ten years ago. Marijuana is still not there yet.
0: Marijuana okay, is. so I, I have had uh, three or four of my college friends die deaths of despair, mm. right? And, and it's been... You know, you don't, the, that's not what it says in the, mm-hmm. in the obit, right? It just says, sure. you know, passed away and you sort of know, okay, he's been uh, living at home, uh, had heavy drinking issues in college, seems like he mm-hmm. hasn't been able to hold a job, three or four marriages, right? And then dies, you know, what, what, what you hear is, well, they died in their sleep or they... Mm-hmm. So So I'm seeing long term effects of this but but have was really and as talking with other friends we're sort of surprised like wow in college we just did not understand or or warn anybody and say dude you used to just get dunk, drunk on friday night and then it was thursday night and now it's you know you seem to be drinking earlier and mm-hmm. like this is really going to be bad over the next 20 years you stay yeah. on this path and you are unemployable so we don't have any of those kinds of studies on on marijuana right now because you're saying we've got some, but it was at THC levels of two or three, and now it can yeah. be up to 90.
1: Totally different substance.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. So t- let me shift, pivot here a little bit. Sure. How much money is the sale of marijuana? I mean, this is like a this is a big business. I hear more people are working in marijuana than work in the coal industry. And I hear that, you know, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people working in the marijuana industry in the next few years. And it's going to be a, you know, whatever billion dollar enterprise. Mm -hmm. Is it generating money that is doing any good? Like I I want to, I want to push you on this. I expect, (laughs) I mean, you're in a drug prevention. You're going to say no, but, If somebody were here with uh, a group that says yes, what's the data that you'd have to say? Yeah, yeah, okay, we've seen that.
1: I'll be truthful. Um, So here's, I was half wrong and half right, however you wanna say that, uh, three years ago. It has brought in the revenue projected. So 1.4 billion in sales in 2021, that's expected to increase in 2022.
0: And this is Illinois?
1: Just Illinois, sorry, yes. 500 million in tax revenue to the state. Um, so has it brought in revenue? Yes. Is that money doing anything good for society? No, at least not that we've seen yet. So what's been promised is that, you know, that that will eventually, you know, commensurate with sales and tax money that will eventually go to be directed to schools, to prevention programs, to increase access to mental health services. Um, we have not seen that yet. And if our state figures out how to do that, that will be a really good thing. I have no confidence the state's going to figure out how to mm-hmm. do that effectively, because you know what it is doing is helping the illinois budget to be perhaps a little more stable i guess that's good for everybody because it hasn't yeah. been for years but in terms of what it's doing for society the the issue that we have is that we also have a lot of sales in in tax revenue from alcohol we have a lot of sales and tax revenue from tobacco i think you i think we can agree that the 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 cost of society has been significantly greater than all that and I think that's what we're forecasting is, is we're going to see with looking back ten or fifteen years ago we're gonna see what were what were the states thinking in doing this you know it's another big tobacco another substance that we've been right created another you know commercialized industry that we've developed that that has been really not a good outcome
0: it doesn't seem like this leads in good directions we over just time.
1: have to look at the models that already yeah. exist right yeah.
0: So, what do you say to what do you say to parents? You spend a lot of time talking mm-hmm. to to kids, but you also spend a lot of time talking to parents.
1: Yeah, I think the number one thing we say is that uh, I believe that young people can make good choices. And here's the thing I I've learned about teens. And this goes back from when I was youth minister early in my career to doing some peacebuilding work in the city to doing what I do now, and having my own kids. Um, is that If we expect that teens will make the wrong choice, if we say things like, well, they're just going to drink smoke pot because that's what kids do. then they're more likely to do that. Um, If we expect to set the expectations that they won't, then they're more likely to do that. I think teens and kids oftentimes fall in line with not just their parents expectations, but the expectations of the people that are important in their life. Um, And I've seen that play out in both sides of that spectrum. So what we always say is as parents um, to talk Early and often. So, you know, this is intimidating because a lot of parents are like, well, I don't know. How do I sit down and have an hour long conversation with my kid about pot? I'm like, well, first of all, you don't do that.
0: Right. An hour is a bit, ba- yeah, that's do- a bad plan.
1: Right. You don't have one 60 <laughs> minute conversation that you're both dreading. You yeah. know, you have 61 minute conversations that are slightly more informal. And then you repeat that and have another 60, another six, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, what are your expectations? What are your family faith and values and traditions tell you about, you know, some yeah. behavior? That was what my parents did. Um, and know that, that sometimes young people just like we do as adults make mistakes and what do we learn from those and how do we then not make the next one? Yep. Um, we also believe in, you know, sticking to the facts and avoid sensation seeking, you know, not going to the extreme where I've heard parents tell me that they've told their kids, well, you know, if you smoke a joint, you're going to die.
0: Right. Yeah. And, that's, and kids yeah.
1: know that's not true. Like they, right. they've seen that play out. You know, it's like kids who, who, you know, the parents would say, well, if you drink, you could die. I'm like, what? yes, you could drink and get to a car. Like we have to make sure we're educating kids right. about that. But so I think that's, those are the key things. Make sure you're talking, set your expectations appropriately and know the facts.
0: Does Lead have uh resources, a uh, website, something that yes. you would direct people to?
1: Yeah. So we have on our website, LinkingEfforts.com, we have a, a really great uh, copy of a presentation. Uh, we have a in video and we also have a, the deck out there. just raising a drug-free team how do you have these conversations what do you try what are words you try to avoid and 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 um how do you frame these things in your life what do you do in your own personal you know the personal example i think it's i think
0: it's important to say to parents look you're having conversations about marijuana whether you realize it or not you're having conversations about sex about values about money about everything you just don't realize that you're having them Mm -hmm. but if you're having them directly or indirectly, you're having them, you, you know, kids are trying to figure this out. Right.
1: For sure. And I think our example too, you know, the example we set on a daily basis, and I'm not a teetotaler, so I'm not saying that you should never drink in front of your kids, but I'm saying that you should be careful about how you do that. You know, right. like, um, so,
0: yeah. So, okay. So, uh, a, a fine, well, two, two final questions. One is this, is marijuana the issue or is alcohol the issue or something else the biggest like if you get a win where are you trying to get the win what's the biggest win that andy duran with lead is trying to get right now
1: so honestly it's none of that it's it's looking deeper at just the mental health issues that exist right now um and understanding that that oftentimes this this push for whatever the substance is marijuana alcohol you know tobacco vaping etc is oftentimes a coping mechanism because we haven't taught our kids how to cope and they we're bringing them up into a world that we didn't have to grow up in i think right. that's the biggest thing a lot of reasons for that a lot of things we can also do about it so i think if you know the the i am very concerned about the epidemic of teen mental health it's something we've been concerned about and preaching about for 10 years Pre- not preaching in the sense that you preach but preaching right. in some sense um <laughs> And I think just, just now, the, the rest of the world is starting to catch up and realize this is a significant issue. I mean, the suicide rates increase, the um, mental health use is increased. There's not enough treatment providers you know, and counseling providers for kids. So, um, you know, cost is too high for some people. So just trying to a big win for for me and for LEAD would be making sure that every kid who needs support, either through school, in their home, in their church, in their community, et cetera. Uh, can access it and can access it equitably, fairly, and, and that there's less barriers okay. to that. And I think that we'll see, you know, less substances. Um, but but I will say, too, that the, the number one substance of choice among young people is still drinking, is still alcohol, although marijuana is catching up to it.
0: Okay. So anything else that I didn't ask that you were hoping <laughs> I would, so you yeah. could say? Sure. <laughs> Good question.
1: I would say that... Um, the other thing i'll keep in mind is just uh, and, and i've tried to help community leaders to understand this is what message do we send to our kids with our policies i think that's the biggest thing you know when we look at um what is it that we truly value um the the argument of tax revenue from any substance the argument of of uh, uh these billions of dollars and millions of dollars of promises um it, there's value in that there's monetary value in that but but at what cost um i've had young people tell me in many different settings and situations that um, they have a hard time understanding how a certain community leader would say marijuana is really marijuana alcohol are really really dangerous but then vote in support of bringing it in you know so there's like kids are smart enough to understand that like What are you really valuing Um, and and who is who is it that we're trying to protect in the environment we're trying to create? And I think that's the number one thing that if I had to say the number one thing that we try to do at Lead, is to make sure that we're helping communities to create, you know, safe, supportive, protective environments for kids where they're the number one value and everything else may be important, but it's, you know, sub it's a sub value.
0: Right. Well, and in this political moment, everything is a challenge.
1: Everything. Everything so. a challenge.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Andy, thank you so much. Um, I suppose we will, uh, Lord willing, do this again in three years or five yeah. years and say, what, how are these things unfolding? And hopefully uh, you guys continue to get wins. That would be great. Hope so. And thanks, thanks for your work. Support. Thank okay. you. Thanks.